Hey, everybody. You ready for the show? Oh, I'm ready for the show. Before we get started, I just want to remind you guys of a couple really cool things that are coming up. Number one, if you're listening to this as soon as it is posted on Wednesday, then you can follow up on whether or not I was right with all my debate predictions by watching me live. I'm going to live stream the debates. If you're watching the debates, just go ahead and pull me up at twitch.tv slash Justin R. Young. It is there that you can watch, I don't know, the second screen experience. I'll be there for both nights, Wednesday and Thursday. So check it out, twitch.tv slash Justin R. Young. Furthermore, I will be live recapping not only the debates, but also highlighting hilarious moments from debates gone by in a new show called Can I Finish? It is at the Piano Fight Theater in San Francisco, California, beginning at 7 p.m. on Saturday, June 29th. You can get your tickets to that show at bit.ly slash px number three June. Again, bit.ly slash px number three June. And finally, if you want to support this show from anywhere in the world, you can do it at TakePoliticsSeriously.com. That is where you go to the Patreon. The Patreon will provide you with all sorts of opportunities, including at the $3 level. Dig this. Because also, we're doing bonus podcasts uh, uh, tonight and tomorrow. Wednesday night, Thursday night, little just mini debate recaps. But if you were a $3 level this week... You get six podcasts, a Minnesota on Monday, which, by the way, featured Tom Merritt, a Friday Minnesota, which last week's Friday Minnesota also featured Andrew Heaton. I just randomly start calling my friends now. It's a weird thing, but you can get it. It's easy. They're quick episodes, although these ones were actually a little bit longer because I wound up talking to my friends, but it's available to you at the $3 level. So in addition to this week, the interview episode, that we do with Professor Gelman. Then you get this, the PX3 Prime. Then you get the two debate recaps. You could also get these minisodes to make sure that as soon as news breaks, you are able to get my hot takes. TakePoliticsSeriously.com Enough of talking about how we support the show. What do you say we just do the damn Gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Politics, Politics, Politics program. We made it! Oh, feels like we made it. Look how far we've come, my baby. Oh, God. Oh, I thought it would never end. The long, long, long drought. From election day to right now, oh, we had to deal with the dumbest shit on the planet. Governing. Oh, oh 
off-year elections. Whatever. We did our best with them, but they're always going to be methadone. You know, we, we maybe got a whiff. We got a whiff of what we're about to get tonight for the last few months. Okay. Just a little... Just, you know, it'd be like one of those things where, you know, when, when you were a kid and like time just takes forever and you're like a, a teenager, so you're like really hungry, like all the time and all you want to do is eat and you could smell dinner being cooked. And every time you'd go into the kitchen, your mom would be like, no, 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 no. dinner's not ready yet. Dinner's not ready yet. That's what these last few months were. But now it's time for the main event. Folks, it's officially debate night. Oh, God. Yes. Yes. Finally. Finally. No more meh, town halls. I would like to do a town hall. I'd like to do it on MSNBC. I'd like to do it on Fox. Whatever. Stupid. Get up on stage and yell sound bites at each other or get out of my life. We are on a rocket trip to Mars from now until November in 2020. That's it. It is one debate a month or maybe once every two months for the next year and a half. We have 20 candidates on stage and at least four more that are butthurt. Folks, meat's back on the menu and I'm fucking starving. So obviously we're going to talk a lot about the debates. Also, we're going to talk about uh, the new migrant crisis and what's being done about it. Spoiler alert. <laughs> We're going to talk about the G20 summit, some Supreme Court rulings, Trump's debate strategy, the new press secretary, a Pennsylvania Republican Party scandal, Robert Mueller, of course, the poll dance, but your emails. Well, come on. Come on. Uh, get it now. Uh, debate night. Uh, I got five things for you. Five things that are going to happen over the next 48 hours. Five things that I'm going to tell you now will happen. And I've been reading all these other ones. And I'm going to stack my five up against any five that you read today. Because I've been reading all of them. All the ones from the, you know, oh my God. I'll tell you what, the political press should be embarrassed for themselves. It is the laziest thing. How are people not treating this like it's a bigger deal? Finally, we actually get to see how they react next to each other. All we've done is obsess about every little thing, every little hair out of place with these candidates, and at least they get to stand next to each other and yell their talking points in a pre-approved 60-second format. They might yell at each other. I don't know. They're going to actually do something today, and all the previews that I've seen are like, look out for the lesser-known candidates to get some face time. Tell me which candidates are going to get FaceTime, you cowards. Tell me which ones are going to do well. Tell me which ones are going to do bad. But no, you want to know what? They're afraid. They're scared. They don't know what's going to happen. And more importantly, they all have more journalistic integrity than I do who's going to come out and tell you what is going to happen. Thing number one. Elizabeth Warren gets her star turn tonight. Not does well, 
not does poorly. She is the star. In fact, she may be the star of the entire debate event over the two days. In fact, you want to know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Elizabeth Warren will be the number one star coming out of these debates. Here's another thing that everybody's got wrong. Tonight, Wednesday, is not the JV debate. Now, I know I screwed this up. Uh, last week when I said this exact same take, but then I also said that the next debate was going to be on Friday. Oopsie poopsie. I forgot which days are going to be on. Obviously, this is on a Wednesday. The other one's going to be on a Thursday. So it's not like there's going to be a gigantic discrepancy in terms of the ratings. But I do think that the ratings tonight are going to be big. And I think Warren, being the highest polling person on stage by a country mile, is going to be the beneficiary of that. But more than that, Let me go ahead and play a little media meta for you. Here is how the political press hive mind assesses the situation. Elizabeth Warren, after a disastrous start, is now surging. For whatever reason, everybody wants to say, oh, it's because of her policy proposals. No, it's not. It's because she called for impeachment. Anyway, the impeachment thing was a great way to wash out the fact that she had such a disastrous start, and now she is on the uptick. They also believe, as I said before, that today, Wednesday, the Elizabeth Warren debate is the peewee table. So Elizabeth Warren's going to get up on stage and she's going to do her I have a plan for that routine. The sound bites are going to be well crafted. She's going to have nobody else on stage that the press wants to talk about. So guess who they're going to talk about? Liz! The big story will be that the media indeed surprised itself. Huh. Elizabeth Warren is indeed still surging. Elizabeth Warren made the most of a bad situation with lackluster candidates on stage and turned in a star performance. Bonus take. Get ready for the Bernie hatred. They're already starting to rub each other the wrong way. The Warren... Warriors and the Bernie bros. Ladies can be bros too. I'm not trying to make this a gender thing. I'm just saying that they're starting to get on each other's nerves. And the more that Warren does well, the more it will annoy the Bernie people. Thing two. Thing two. These are not things that I think will happen. These are things that will happen tonight and tomorrow. The buzzards begin to circle. Beto O'Rourke. It's one of the dumbest things that I've read in all these other previews. Oh, people are looking for a breakout. Look, nobody really cares. There's nothing that John Hick and Looper can say that can make him a star in one night. But the press does care about the people that they've previously cared about. Those are the ones that they uh, know the narratives, they know who to talk to, and they know the sources inside the campaign that they can push the narratives that they see emerging. Beto O'Rourke is one of those candidates. Beto O'Rourke is also bad at debates. He was bad at the Ted Cruz debate, and I don't think that anything else has been anywhere near as big as what he is going to face tonight on Wednesday. And again... Let's look at the media narratives. Beto was supposed to be the chosen one and his campaign has aged like a wet fart. 
More so, the other two most famous people on stage with him will be Elizabeth Warren and Cory Booker. So if he's less impressive than Warren and Booker, guess what the narrative's going to be? That the black candidate and the female candidate were very, very capable in dispatching the floppy-haired Moppet white boy. The knives are going to come out for Beto, and it will be at his own hand that it happened. Number three, thing that will happen, will. Bill de Blasio will come out desperately swinging. The D in de Blasio stands for desperation. Dig this. Bill de Blasio is a 2020 Chris Christie. He's a deeply flawed tri-state brawler who will always resort to name calling and rib poking. Expect de Blasio tonight on Wednesday to totally unsolicited bring up Joe Biden's racial gaffe from last week and make him pay for it. Look, his polling sucks. His favorabilities are worse. And as far as we all know, because he hasn't said anything, his fundraising is in the toilet. So what else is he going to do? Expect Bill de Blasio to start tossing Molotov cocktails like they're fish at the Pike Street Market. Number four. Bernie Sanders will spend his time claiming his OG status. Bernie Sanders' campaign is not doing well right now. Well, at least it's not doing as well as it could. He has identified about 15% of the Democratic electorate that are ride or die. They will never leave his side. Unfortunately, he's having a problem breaking out of that bubble. Now, I'm not backing away from my prediction that he's going to win the primaries. I still believe that high floor is the new high ceiling, especially in a campaign with 20 people. But as things have stratted the way that they are, this is how I believe Bernie Sanders will position himself going forward in these primaries. Simply put, I started this gangster shit and this the motherfucking thanks I get. That's his slogan from here on out. Bernie's going to reintroduce himself to America and expand his tent by doing this simple messaging. I'm not radical. I'm the new mainstream. Want proof? Go to the website of everybody on this stage. Go to the website of everybody that was on the stage last night and see how much their policy positions look like mine in 2016. Hell, look at how many of the top polling Democratic candidates in this primary have my health care program, literally not ripping it off, that they are endorsing what I have said and put forth. Even Biden, the man who's doing his all shucks malarkey moderate routine, has a more radical climate change action. Now, why didn't he do that in the previous 40 years of governing? I wonder why. Because I think it's got two names, Bernie Sanders. So quite simply, if you're Bernie Sanders, you are looking dead on into the camera and you're saying, how can you trust the bandwagoners before you trust 
the band leader. And now here's my final, my final prediction. Not a prediction, it's a guarantee. To quote Paul Heyman, it's a spoiler. Andrew Yang becomes the new Ron Paul. He's got bold policies and low polling. His opponent's strategy will be to starve him of attention by never mentioning his name. Yet his hardcores will grow as a massive audience will grow tired of hearing the same recitation of progressive policies, promises, and Trump shit talk. The Yang gang is about to have a moment. I don't believe that this leads him any further ahead in the polls. Although he'll probably get enough that that he'll continue to qualify. I like him certainly better than all the total also rans, Including the anti-vax lady who's going to be on stage. By the way, see how much coverage that gets. And there's a, a, an out-and-out anti-vax lady on the stage next to Joe Biden. I mean, no one's going to talk about her because whatever. She's Marion Williamson. She's going to do her like peace, love, and positivity thing. But also she's anti-vax. That lady went and said that uh, uh, it was Orwellian to have mandatory vaccination laws without realizing that George Orwell died of a disease that we can now prevent via vaccines. <laughs> So I like Andrew Yang. I think he is going to continue to make his way forward. I think he is uh, certainly a, a an attractive candidate to people that are frustrated with the current state of democratic politics. I do not believe that this is his first step to becoming president, but I do believe that Thursday is his first step to becoming a folk hero. Five of them. Count them. Steal these hot takes. Tell your friends, tell your family, do it before the debate. So when they come true, they're going to be like, damn, Melissa, damn, Johnny, you really got all that right. And that'll be me behind you, kind of like half faded, like I'm Jesus walking next to you on the beach, just winking. Because I know that you know that politics has three names and you know all of them. Politics. Hey, you want to know everything you need to know about politics in your email five days a week, Monday through Friday, head on over to free political newsletter at freepoliticalnewsletter.com. We are making our way to modernity. All right, we're, we're just about to cross into the 20th century. We have 1881 subscribers. Remember, we only started this email list a couple months ago. This is rapid growth. Rapid growth for a, a an amazing community. We're, we're, we're trying to get to 2000. Uh, we're trying to get to 2019. We're trying to go into the future, but we need to get to modernity first. So if you have not signed up for the free political newsletter at freepoliticalnewsletter.com, then come on in and do it. Also, thank you to everybody that every single morning, I spend my morning answering emails from people that are making sure that we defeat the villainous Al Doritos. We defeat the Google Al Doritos. We defeat the Hotmail Al Doritos. We defeat the Yahoo Al Doritos. Everything that's trying to keep this email from your main inbox, we're defeating it. All you got to do is respond whenever you have a question, whenever you have a hot take, and hell, if you got the time, whenever you read it. Just give me an email. I email you back. That way we make sure that the algorithm knows. Well, that's its, you know, 
That's it. That's it. The name it walks around with when it's among the mortals. We know its true name is Al Doritos. They will pay when you respond to the free political newsletter at freepoliticalnewsletter.com. Politics. All right, let's get into some non-debate news. Reporting and uh, some really, really awful pictures have shown the awful condition of not only the detention centers on the border, specifically one in Clint, Texas, but also a father and son that were found dead in a river after trying to cross into the United States. This has spurned on new legislation, uh, uh, one from the House, one from the Senate, which of course means that they're just going to go back and forth and continue to argue their own principles and you know, no new funding will go to the border so we can make some kind of progress in at least how we handle the problem. Like, we can't even come up with a compromise for handling the problem. Handling the problem. Acknowledging that a problem exists and then doing whatever we can to handle it. That is beyond the capabilities of our Congress. We are going to have mutually assured destruction with these legislations. Because both of them want something else beyond just making sure that people that we are detaining have beds, don't have lice infestations, and toothbrushes. You know, this is why I hate covering government. Politics. I love races. I love candidates. I love... Oh, you know, but then they got to grow up. Donald Trump will meet with China at the G20 summit. This is as uh, the United States is currently feigning optimism that there's a possibility we could get a China trade pact done. This is Steve Mnuchin. We were about 90% of the way to the China trade deal, and there's a path to complete it, says C-SPAN. Quote, the message we want to hear is that they want to come back to the table and continue because I think there is a good outcome for their economy and the U.S. economy to get a balanced trade and to continue to build on this relationship. He did not provide any detail on what the final 10% of the agreement might entail or what the sticking points are to a deal. But we do know that Trump and Xi Jinping, Winnie the Pooh, will be in Osaka, Japan for the G20 summit. By the way, it's going to be on his way to the G20 summit that Trump will allegedly be live-tweeting the Thursday debates. I'm hopeful we can come to a plan, Mnuchin told CNBC. President Trump and President Xi have a very close working relationship. We had a productive meeting at the last G20. Uh, I I mention this because I do think that the China trade deal is something that Donald Trump will use as an ace in the hole if and when there is an economic downturn. He will be able to say if a trade deal gets done, no matter what's in that trade deal, because there might be economists that can yell and scream about how the deal isn't great or we had a better deal or whatever, but 
Voters don't know that. Donald Trump's going to be able to say, look, even if the economy turns south, what I've done has made profound, permanent changes to the way the United States is treated globally on trade. No other president was willing to stand up to China. Joe Biden is out here talking about how China's not even a threat to the U.S. economy. I stood up and I delivered. Now, maybe the economy is going a little south, but I'm already going to blame the Fed for that. I'm saying that when it gets better, and it always does, it's going to get better, faster, and more permanently because I've put in this fight. That's at least what he's going to say. So it is important to follow this. This is, this is, I think, more of a campaign issue coming down you know, in the next three to four months, five to six months, uh, than, than a lot of stuff. Because it deals with the economy, and the economy is really all that matters. Here's something else that matters to voters. The Supreme Court. Donald Trump, in his press offensive over this week to try and keep the debates out of the news cycle, told The Hill that he would... Indeed, appoint a Supreme Court justice if a seat came up during the campaign. This, of course, was run around all the political sphere because it was hypocritical compared to how Mitch McConnell handled the Merrick Garland appointment. Don't pay attention to it. Whatever. Of course he would. And by the way, Obama would, too, if he had the Senate. But he didn't have the Senate. So, you know, whatever. You you got... You ran over a turtle, and then your car wouldn't work anymore. Here's something that the Supreme Court did. In fact, one of Donald Trump's Supreme Court justices did. He sided with the liberal wing 5-4. This was in a case challenging a federal statute. He found that it had violated a sex offender's constitutional right to a trial by jury. Andre Heyman had previously been convicted uh, of possessing child pornography and the government discovered that he may have been in possession of the illegal images while he was on supervised release. The judge overseeing his case found a, quote, preponderance of evidence that Heyman was in possession of the child porn rather than using the standard of reasonable doubt. As a result, the judge sentenced Heyman under a federal law that required a mandatory minimum sentence of five years. But a federal appeals court found that while parts of the lower court ruling were incorrect, there was still enough evidence to find that Heyman had possessed the image in violation of that federal statute. But the divided Supreme Court on Wednesday found that the statute violated his right to a trial by jury. Gorsuch wrote that the court does not hesitate to hold that the statute violates the Fifth and Sixth Amendments. He was joined by Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Sonia Sotomayor, Elena Kagan, and Stephen Breyer. Now, I don't know how people are going to vote when it comes down to major Supreme Court cases that absolutely drive elections, stuff like a Roe versus Wade challenge or something like that. But I do know this, that Supreme Court justices in general tend to stop caring about the mortal world of politics as soon as they ascend to Mount Olympus and no longer have to worry about being removed or pleasing anybody. That probably means that nominating Supreme Court justices is going to be less of an issue in 2020. Wrong! Oh, if that's the case, then it might be time for the Parade of Wrong Opinions! 
know. President Donald Trump is probably going to be pretty quiet when it comes to the debates this week. Wrong! Yeah, no, he has an entire strategy in place to make sure that there is as little attention given to these debates as humanly possible. This from Politico. As Democrats spar on the debate stage this week, the president's campaign will be unleashing dozens of Donald Trump backers to the airwaves in 2020 swing states, blasting out any embarrassing moments on social media and dispatching talking points to ensure everyone stays on message. It's all part of the robust response Trump teams have uh, rapidly been pulling together in recent weeks for the primary. It's a notable change in the approach for Trump, who bulldozed through the 2016 presidential campaign as his own messenger, even fighting with the Republican Party at times. What a stupid article. He was on stage with them. He was running against them. Of course he was. But now Donald Trump will be leaving a lot more to surrogates, although the GOP has been warning against Trump Do not totally make an ass out of himself on Twitter. Well, I'll start holding my breath to make sure that that doesn't happen. Hey, folks, we got a new press secretary, and I'm sure she's going to get a lot less hate than the old one. Wrong! Yeah, I mean, fat chance. So what do we know about Stephanie Grisham? Stephanie Grisham was a Melania aide. She was a previous deputy to Sean Spicer. She is a single mother raising two children. She used to work for Mitt Romney, and I predicted on live stream yesterday that she will almost certainly within the next two and a half weeks have an article written that she's worse than Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who of course was worse than the Mooch, who was worse than Sean Spicer. Fact of the matter is, everyone hates the press secretary, and it goes just double if you already hate the president. Hey, when you run the Pennsylvania Republican Party, it's totally cool to send sexually explicit text messages, including a dick pic, to a rising star in your own organization. Wrong! Brohim, you're in hot water. Pennsylvania GOP Chair Val DiGiorgio is now resigned. Because he kept sending explicit text messages to somebody running for city council in Pennsylvania. We quote now from the exclusive in the Philadelphia Inquirer. uh, Irina Goldstein says she didn't immediately recognize the man who sent her a Facebook friend request in October after she commented on a group photo that included him. God, what a thirsty dude. What a thirsty dude. Come on, man. You're on Facebook and you're looking through the comments for to see how many women who commented on your photo are bangable. And then you're fishing those waters. (laughs) Oh, first things first. Obey your thirst is the motto for Val DiGiorgio III. This uh, began a barrage of text messages over two days, Goldstein said, that swung from her seeking his advice and support to flirtation and then sexually charged exchanges that included DiGiorgio sending her a photo of an erect penis. Notice the almost certainly lawyerly vetted an erect penis in this article and not the possessive his his erect penis. I mean, I guess it's a direct penis, too. She says she grew embarrassed and unsettled by the exchanges. 
because DiGiorgio had the upper hand in their dynamic. They finally stopped communicating this February after a written exchange in which she told him that his messages amounted to sexually harassing her. By the way, she did that a few weeks after her campaign ended running for city council. Hey, DiGiorgio. Robert Mueller is going to hold to his claim that he will not testify in front of the House. Wrong! Yeah, he's going to do it. It will happen on July 17th before the House Judiciary and Intelligence Committees. And like, man, if this isn't the game changer on impeachment, buddy, I don't know what is. Can we agree now? I want my, I want my, my hardcore impeachment people. Let's understand that you need momentum to make this happen. Let's understand that there's an element of America that whose minds you have to change. We can agree that if this doesn't start the momentum, if this doesn't change the minds, I don't know where else, what other cards are in this deck. The Trump administration has been stonewalling in terms of uh, uh, allowing people to testify, invoking every privilege they possibly can. Robert Mueller said he hasn't wanted to uh, uh, testify. He will now testify. I'm going to take a wild guess and say that he's probably just going to say, refer to the report a lot or quote the report a lot. But... I mean, aside from this, I I don't know what else you have. I don't know what else is there. I do not know what other plays are in the playbook if this doesn't work. The House Democrats certainly think that it's got the momentum. Quote, it's the best evidence. If he just talks about the report, it'll make more people realize the criminal behavior that Trump engaged in, said Representative Steve Cohen, a Tennessee Democrat. How about AOC? She says the pressure to impeach grows every single day. And I think that having testimony, public testimony from Robert Mueller will add credence to the case and that it only adds to the pressure once his statements are made public. You mean like the Mueller report? That's public, baby. We know what's in there. I don't know. I mean, I guess I only listen to audiobooks these days, so maybe having somebody speak it matters. That about brings us to that magical moment, the part of the podcast where we break down data science the only way that we know how. Folks, we have a five-wide national Democratic primary poll. That means some folks didn't make the cut, so... Gillibrand, Bullock, Ryan, Castro, Gabbard, Klobuchar, Yang, and O'Rourke. I'm sorry, but... I don't see how you can hate from outside of the club. You can't even get in. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is an Emerson poll conducted from June 21st to the 24th. It is the subject of this week's Get on the floor if you got that booty. Oh! Dance. 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 Dance.
Stepping up first to the stage with 3% of respondents. He is your New Jersey Senator, Corey Booker. With 6% of the vote, he's had a rough time back home, but he's going to see if he can make it happen in the Magic City. It is Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Just ahead of him with 7% of the vote, your California Senator, Kamala. With 14% of the vote, surging. She is your Massachusetts Senator, Elizabeth Warren. But now your co-headliners, with 27% of the vote, it is Bernie. But your headliner, Big Joe Biden. That is Booker three, Buddha Judge six, Harris seven. Warren 14, Sanders 27, and Biden 34. Great poll for Sanders in that it shows that he is, again, kind of neck and neck with Biden, which is where he was before Biden opened a big lead. Although this is a bit of an outlier. I'm not going to lie. This one is a a more favorable Sanders poll. When you look at uh, uh, the other polls that have come out, uh, Politico Morning Consult has him at 19 uh, Economist YouGov has him at 15. So, you know, a bit of an outlier for old uh, for old Burn. And it's now time for but your emails. You can always email the show, theyoungamerican at gmail.com. Ken writes, Biden has gotten flack for, for nostalgically reminiscing about working with racist politicians, but he's yet to take any real heat for this quote he apparently said the same night. No one's standard of living will change. Nothing would fundamentally change. A very similar quote brought down Mitt. I might not uh, have been verbalized, but it, it was the same mentality that brought down Hillary. If none of Biden's opponents latched onto this quote and bring him down, he'll say it again or something similar in a very public, sound-biteable way. So I guess what he's saying is that uh, uh, if you're rich, don't worry. Which is an interesting concept, that, that part of progressive politics right now is performatively threatening the rich. Like, you should be yelling at billionaires and making them feel bad. 
If you are not making billionaires feel bad, you're not a real progressive. You could be a, a democratic communist version of Bernie Sanders, yeah, upgrading from socialist, a full-on communist. And if you do not say, hey, up yours, billionaires, if you just say, I, I, I want to have these new tax rates and I want to fund these new public benefits, if, if that's all you're doing, whatever, get out of here. You need to be personally calling billionaires bad names. That's the deal. Diamond Scoop writes, which candidate would hold up best to pro-wrestling crowd chants at a debate slash rally? Does anyone have the speaking cadence that would warrant a what chant? Could anyone garner a holy shit chant? Does Biden step on his dick so hard for a you fucked up chant? I love the idea of wrestling chants at political events. Unfortunately, it's always partisans, right? You know, so if anybody was going to do a thing, they would have to be instructing the audience to do it. So really, it would be more of like a rock uh, uh, millions and millions like that kind of thing. Uh, uh, yeah, because you very rarely, especially in debates, you know, the debates, everyone to one, all the, like, the crowd gets really rowdy and they start yelling and cheering for people. But that is discouraged and people can get kicked out for it. So you don't see a lot of mixed, rowdy crowds. So people would be booing their least favorite and cheering their most favorites. Although it would be great if Biden really, like, imagine how much better that Rick Perry moment would have been. The oops moment if, if it then devolved into a you fucked up chin. Skyler writes, I hope you're paying attention to what's happening in Oregon because I think it's worth cackling about. At the request of the state Senate Democrats, the governor has tasked state police with finding and retrieving the Oregon State Republican Party. The Senate Republicans have fled the Capitol and in some cases the state to block an environmental bill that the Democrats are pushing through with their supermajority. But the Democrats need the Republicans for quorum. This has gone so far as to one Republican implying that he will be shooting at police who try to bring him in and multiple militias offering them refuge and threatening the Democrats. I think this is hilarious, probably because I'm a bad person. And we had an anonymous serviceman uh, uh, write in about the recent Supreme Court ruling of Gamble versus the United States. He wrote this. Gamble versus the United States was a case uh, about whether the federal government and state government can punish a person for the same crime without violating protections in the Bill of Rights about double jeopardy. The blue team was concerned that if this was not allowed, New York would be able to charge members of the Trump administration with crimes if Trump pardoned them. It affects service members because if we commit a crime in a state, we normally get punished twice. For example... Someone I know was punished by California for a DUI and then was also fined $5,000 and was unable to leave their ship for 45 days by the federal government under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. The case was decided 7-2 to, to uphold that state and federal governments are separate sovereigns with Ginsburg and Gorsuch dissenting. So Ginsburg... And Gorsuch uh, uh, both thought that it should not be the case. So theoretically, Ginsburg was voting to protect theoretically. I mean, if, if we're doing everything where all Supreme Court decisions 
all affect my current political thoughts that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was voting to protect the Trump family and their associates from further persecution by New York State. Oh, what a what a turn by by Ruth Bader Ginsburg. All right, you can email theyoungamerican at gmail.com if you want to send in your thoughts. Music has been provided by Valesco and Trop Killers, and you can follow me at Justin R. Young everywhere. A reminder that you can support this show by heading on over to takepoliticsseriously.com. Had a great month so far. Love to keep it going. Want to keep the momentum going as we move into debate season. So head on over there, takepoliticsseriously.com. I got a live show coming up this Saturday. Can I finish? which uh, will uh, be a highlight reel of all the moments uh, meme-worthy and otherwise from the debates over the next two days, as well as classic debate moments. You can get your tickets, bit.ly slash px3 June. That is bit.ly slash px3 June. You can follow me at Justin R. Young everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, predominantly. And that about wraps it up for today. All right. Until next time, a reminder that some shows talk about politics, others talk about politics, and still more. Man, they talk about politics, but this is the only show that talks about all three. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>